Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Ports on with you on a Friday morning. Well, it's not raining at least. Allison Lucan is with us. Good morning. It does appear that the sun is coming up on the National Hockey League. Oh, Allison, the rest. Transition. That was impressive about uh, you. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> longtime podcaster. Uh, <laughs> the world is flickering to life here. Restaurants, bars, starting to open up in some manner i got my hair cut yesterday and everything wow um i know the nhl is is uh, joining the comeback to life party uh and the nhl players association as we speak is considering the league's proposal to restart so we could have an answer tonight perhaps over the weekend certainly even if the nhl pa approves what the nhl has come up with there's still a lot of stuff to work out, but I think we can say now that it's taking shape um, in a way that we, we have a feel for what it's going to look like when the league does come back. Uh, is it going to be in Columbus? That's a question that everyone's asking locally. Uh, the answer still with that is I don't know, and that's one decision that's going to be punted uh, by this league until uh, a little bit down the road. They want to give as much time as possible to these cities just to, to get more and more information uh, because obviously where they put these players is going to be really, really important. So real quickly, it looks like the, the, the proposal made to the players uh, that's being considered by the players right now, Allison has the top four teams in each conference in and the next eight teams playing each other uh, in a best-of-five series to earn one of the final four spots. Forget about divisions. This is just simply a conference affair now. So in the East, which is what people here care about now, Boston, Tampa, Washington, Philly are in. And that would leave the next eight teams uh, to battle for the five through eight spots. Um, I think the first thing you say is, well, Columbus is in. They're going to be, uh, they're going to have a chance to keep playing, which was in doubt when this whole uh, mess started and the season hit pause. And we know that if this is approved, they would play the Maple Leafs in the, in the first round, the opening round, the play-in round, if you will, uh, best of five. Allison, your thoughts on this system as we see it that's being considered by the PA, how fair, how equitable is it? It's not perfect but have they done a good job with making it as good as they can make it? Well, that's a loaded question, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I mean, in a way it's, it's overly fair in that I think the field is, is a bit too large <laughs> to be honest, which 
um, I know is ironic given that we cover a team that, as you said, wasn't sure if they would get in um, when all this started happening. But it, it, it feels like it, it's a little bit too large. It feels like they're kowtowing to some markets that will help drive up revenue, to be honest, like a Chicago, like a Montreal. Um, you know, I mean, look at, I, I've, I've been saying this, look at what those, te- those teams did at the deadline. They weren't expecting to be playing in the right. postseason. Um, so it feels a bit broad. I also worry about that. We've talked about this on this show before about the impact that has on, on the players because the more teams means the more time playing means the more time sequestered away from your family. Um, and it means that also for everyone involved in supporting the play. And I worry about that for those, those people as humans. So um, long answer to a, to a good question. I think it's almost overly fair, if you will. Yeah. If they, so if they made this, <clears throat> excuse me, if they made this 10 teams, in each division with the bottom four playing to get in, which I thought would be interesting. Um, and it would reward more people for the regular season. To your point, that keeps the New York Rangers out and the Montreal Canadiens out in the East. In the West, that would keep the Chicago Blackhawks out. Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are four big markets, Allison, uh, should they get this thing going again. So, you know, the other thing, too, is those teams weren't out of it. And though it seems unlikely, if you're not eliminated, if you're not eliminated, you still have a chance. Sure. It's true. Right? It's true. So, so give them a chance. The problem is they have the same chance to get in now as Pittsburgh does. Right. Right? The other thing, too, is in this game, goal, goaltenders have always had an outsized sort of uh, presence in series. Who's to say that Carey Price, he's the guy everybody points to, couldn't go on a Carey Price heater right. and just tear through? And you've got a team that really was really on life support in terms of making the playoffs, and suddenly they're, in, they're on the run of their lives and they've got a chance to, to go all the way. We should be prepared for those type of scenarios, yes? Well, for sure. But, you know, I think it, this is where it's hard because it, – I mean, Columbus is a perfect case study. Who in the world had Columbus beating Tampa last year, right? So if if you can win, you can win. Um, I don't know that I I have a problem with that idea of there's a Cinderella story of of a team getting hot. That's that's why we play the game. That's the drama of sports that people love. I just, I think that the line was, again, just drawn a little too low in the standings um, versus maybe what, what really, really being honest is realistic. I mean, when this started, we were talking about, well, Columbus probably gets a chance, maybe Florida, but we were not talking about teams like Chicago and Montreal. No one was. Come on. Yeah, right. So um, it, just, it just feels too broad, in my opinion. I mean, Montreal, by its actions, wasn't thinking Montreal was going to be. <laughs> exactly. Chicago right. traded Corey Crawford, for goodness yeah. sake. You think right. they're going right. to trade him if they think right. they're going to go in the playoffs? Yeah, now they're like, shit. Right. <laughs> Exactly. I didn't, didn't realize we were in. Exactly. Uh, Blue Jackets, Toronto. I mean, the, you know, wow. What a, what a uh, matchup. Um, I'm trying to think. I've been thinking, is, it, is Toronto a team you want to face with less startup time and more uncertainty? Or would you like to – would you want to face them where everyone's had time to – do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I do. They're so ungodly talented. Uh, especially at forward, 
really only a forward. Right. Um, I'm just not – that matchup is really – any, any matchup would have been intriguing. That one's really intriguing to me because I'm not sure if that benefits the Leafs if there's unstructured uh, chaotic play or if it benefits the Blue Jackets that, that, uh, that it could be that way. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's super intriguing. It's a little bit, um, to be honest, reminiscent of Tampa Bay Columbus in some ways. Um, and it, it's kind of a immovable, what is it? Unstoppable force meets an immovable object. In yeah, that right. You have this really talented, uh, no question, one of the top offensive teams in the league in Toronto. But then you have Columbus, one of the top defensive teams in the league, which arguably is, is a bit baked into these players. I don't know that I worry about a lot of ramp up time necessary for them to plug back into their system. Um, yeah. I mean, they even had guys coming up from Cleveland able to plug right into that. Yeah. Um, and, and you have players, significant players coming back in theory, healthy to the Blue Jackets. Um, if the goaltending for Columbus can remain strong, I think this is a fascinating matchup, particularly because when this season stopped, Toronto seemed to be having a few little crisis of confidence. I and mean, remember that game yeah. they lose to the e-bug. <laughs> so right. um, if Columbus could get under their skin, do they have a shot at that? I think it's a fascinating matchup. I just, for me, the, the, the first thing that comes back to players is the wheeling, wheeling and dealing and open ice creativity and flow. And one of the harder things is defensive awareness and tight being tight defensively. Like, I just wonder what Tortorella's training camp would look like the three weeks. And obviously there's going to be massive skating at the start. Oh, for sure. Massive skating. But you wonder what, how, how he goes about it. Cause they, they would have to be so tight defensively and, and they would, they would just employ the same thing they did against Tampa right. last year. Right? right. Like meet, meet me at the red line. Um, and, take no chances, play chess and wait for the other team to crack. And, and I would, I think Toronto's an easier team to play that way and have success against than Tampa was last year. But I just wonder what takes more time to institute a defensive um, stoutness or a offensive flow. Yeah. And, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this because Columbus isn't, you know, a, a weathered, proven playoff contender yet but but I do wonder about the mental edge there um because Columbus has been through some shit <laughs> they've yeah. they've got some resolve now I think that that's helped them I think that that gives them resolve um and again maybe something to hearken back to from a mental perspective when when the going gets tough and and like I said, and again, Toronto's just young. Right? I mean, this is not taking away from their talent or ability at all. They don't have that yet, right? So to, when you talk about the mental perspective of coming back into this, that will be something that I think will be interesting to watch too. I just, I feel like this group in particular has played this way defensively for so long and knows how important it is. Um, I think it, it might be easier for them to return to it. it we'll find out maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hopefully we'll find out. It sure, right. sure is looking that way. Uh, no start date has been uh, targeted just yet. I think the first, the first uh, hurdle here is just for the two sides to agree on. This is what it will look like when they come back. Um, 
Yeah, I, Allison, does it? I mean, I think it would be good for the local economy uh, in a sense that they would put the plan, as I understand it, is to put all of the teams, all 12 teams, in a single hotel. Mm-hmm. So they and in Columbus, that would be the Hilton. They would take over the Hilton. Mm-hmm. And then they would just go from that hotel, which would be NHL personnel and, and obviously hotel staff only, uh, and going to the rink, which would be NHL staff and players only. That that's how they would would uh, plan to do this. Um, does it matter to you if uh, beyond the help that it would provide, Hilton would love it, the local economy would love it, pretty good bed tax there, but. Does it matter to you where it is? Is there any advantage? You keep hearing this from people saying, well, how fair would that be if Columbus gets to play their games at home? Well, it would be the, the comforts of their arena. Right. There are no fans. Right. I can't imagine the players, the Blue Jackets players would be free to go home to their families either. Right. Quite obviously, this is a quarantine situation. I don't get the sense <laughs> that there's really any benefit whatsoever to it being in your rink. Am I wrong? No, I, I, I agree 100%. I don't think there's, there's really any perk. Um, I mean, there might be some familiar, familiarity to the rink, but I, at this point, everyone's played in almost every rink, you know, multiple times, particularly in the right. East. Um, yeah, I, I, again, I like it for the city. Um, I, I like it in that so far, Columbus has remained fairly healthy through this crisis. And so that means that these players and these employees are in a safer environment. Um, so I like that, but yeah, I'd, to the teams themselves. And you wonder too, like if, if, if it is in Columbus, like, is it almost harder for those players when you know your family is literally right down there. the road? Right there. <laughs> you can't see them. Like that's crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in the East, as we said earlier, it'd be Boston, Tampa, Washington, Philly, getting in top four seeds. Now those teams would play each other. Uh, to sort of reseed among the top four, apparently. That's their way of allowing those teams to not be flat-footed when the uh, actual playoffs do start, not the play-in rounds. The play-in series would be, and I'll, I'll go slow here, Allison, make a mental note of these and tell me which one intrigues you most beyond the Blue Jackets. Okay. Penguin, Penguins, Canadians. Okay. Hurricanes, Rangers. Islanders, Panthers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, well, first I'll say if I was one of the top four and had to play those, those games to reseed, I'd be pissed, honestly. Um, but of, of the matches that you mentioned, I, I do think it's Carolina, New York. Um, just love, because, what's that? You love Carolina. Who was right? It's irrational. Who it's was irrational. Right? Listen, who was right? Me, not you. Um, like I just again I don't Montreal had already kind of packed it in um I feel like Florida is is flailing um and I feel like that matchup isn't super intriguing but I I find Carolina New York interesting I think there's a lot of storylines there and um even in talking to Sarah Sivian it's funny because both of these teams have kind of some some arena bias against each other which carries over into some of their games so so I'm kind of curious that one intrigues me for sure the most. I the Penguins Canadians thing. If I'm a Penguins fan, that just scares the hell out of me for sure. Because they like they don't deserve. I yeah, yeah. I, to me, the five team it's the real injustice 
or there's the five injustice listen to me the, one, the, the team that that gets the 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 most um inequity here is the is the fifth seed okay who is now on even footing right with the team that had no hope of making the playoffs fair so fair, fair. i almost feel like they should be up one nothing like that team should be up one nothing in a best of five series. Like oh, but see, you be, can't do that. You can't, but that's the that's really what it should be to make it fair. Because like, <clears throat> God, now they're just on even footing, right? Wow, like it could go either way, which I guess is kind of the fun of the playoffs, anyways. Right. Uh, in the in the West, St. Louis one, Colorado two, Vegas three, Dallas is number four. Okay, crazy. The, I know, and the play and uh, Dallas four just. This whole year, I've looked at the standings and went, really? I, exactly. I did not expect them to be there. Uh, the play-in series would be Edmonton, Chicago. Okay. Nashville, Arizona. Okay. Vancouver, Minnesota. Okay. And Calgary, Winnipeg. Okay. And again, I say, it may not even be the teams. I just look at that Oilers-Blackhawks and go, oh, holy crap wrap upon the Oilers they the the site money puck ran um some projections based on this concept and, and they're uh, there he clarified these are not final final he still needs to crunch the numbers more but if, if this goes through Edmonton goes from like a 90 percent chance of making the playoffs to like 26 percent I mean right and Chicago probably goes from like two percent to right. 40 or something right exactly which again, that's the uh, that's that's to me is the issue with this is the issue with this series, but with with this setup, but there's always sure. there's, there was going to be no matter how you did it for sure, for yeah. sure. Um, so we we poked around and uh, asked people to weigh in with questions they had for us, picked a few of them here to go through, um, and let me get to the one that first. Okay, so with many injured players expected to be healthy for the resumption of play. Are you ready for this one, Allison? I am ready. And I took this little exercise this morning, and it, for the first time in a long time, felt almost like hockey season. Okay. Uh, this is from Mark Leffel with the uh, at Mark Leffel, L-E-F-F-E-L, uh, with, with injured players coming back. Please speculate, oh, yes, on possible lines. Oh, boy. Yes, lines, pairings. What is happening? <laughs> I feel like we're in training camp when people are asking for lines already, and I just – I, I just, texted John Tortorella and said, hey, throw out your potential lines. And he texted back, Portsy, dot, 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 dot. Please tell me that's a real story. Is which I thought, it? which was like, leave me the hell alone. I'm not giving you my lines. I'll never give you my lines. I'm not giving them to you now. Did you seriously uh, do that? Yes. That's fantastic. I yeah. love it. Okay. Uh, so when le- here's what I came up with when last we left these blue jackets. I have them all right here. So let's see if you got them right. I'm looking, I'm going, who the hell's 74? Oh, right. <laughs> 15? I know. Oh, right. Uh, it's crazy. So left to right on the first line was Wenberg, Dubois, and Bemstrom. Correct. Uh, second line, Nyquist, Jenner, Polino. Correct. Then we go Stenland, Nash, Robinson. Correct. And Matteau, Shore, Lilia. Insane. Yes. Yes. Now, you've got Atkinson, Bjorkstrand, Gerbe, probably, and Texier, probably, to put into that mix. Okay. 
for me, the easy thing to do, and no offense to any of these fine gentlemen, because I think they've all played pretty well, you lop off that fourth line entirely. Yes. Right? Yes. And now you've got to find a spot. Prob- I mean, on paper, I think you say either Stenland or Robinson come out. Mm-hmm. And, and you've got to move Wenberg back to the middle. Yes. So I think Atkinson goes up with Dubois. Ah, replaces Bjorkstrand? I think Bjorky takes that right spot. So you think 10, 18, 28? Uh, it, could, it could start 71, 18, 28. Because that's what he, that's what Torch was going with before Bjorkstrand got hurt. Interesting. Okay. Give me your second line. Well, 13's obviously on the right of that. Uh, let's see. Before he got injured, he Torch had it going 14, 38, 13. I don't mind right. 14 on the left side of that line. Um, it keeps Nyquist uh, and Jenner together. Well, I was actually wondering if I put 10 or 38 there. But we'll go with 38. That's fine. I'll, 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 I'll do that. And then, let's see. We know Nash is our fourth line center. So 10 is back in the middle. Uh, all right. Who am I? Okay, now see. Okay, we've got Bemstrom is probably on that third line. I like Bemstrom with Wenberg. Okay. And is then. Is there or is that too light? I feel like, well, mm, that's probably where he goes. Yes. Yes. Okay. And then, so now we've got Gerby, Robinson, Stenland, Shore. Nash. Well, Nash is in the middle. So. I know we've crossed uh, 23, 74, and 15. If you follow, if you believe that. That right. was my thought. Just right, right, right. That, that line off. So we're, so we're between Gerby. Stenland and Robinson, you're saying? Yes. I think Gerby definitely. If if Gerby if Gerby can play, Gerby's going in. And you probably put Robinson in. I don't love that line, but that's the line. No, no. So Gerby on the left, Nash and Robinson. Yeah. All right. So I'll tell Torch this later. We've got we came up with our lines for him. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Felino Felino (laughs) Dubois Yorkstrand. Yep. Nyquist, Jenner, Atkinson. Yep. Texier, Wenberg, Bemstrom. Yep. Gerby, Riley, Robinson. Yeah. Those could change. I, I think those are the forwards. He's going to yeah. say stop coaching. Those. Stop coaching. He's going to say stop coaching. Now, don't, uh, please don't say those could change, Allison, because if there's one thing we know, they will change. <laughs> they will change within They're the all- game. <laughs> Always going to change. Exactly. Uh, the defensive pairs are less, I think, uh, threatening. Uh, Jones comes back in for sure. Oh, for sure. He, he goes in with Wierenski. Yep. He's uh, a healthy player now. Uh, that puts Murray, who I who was sort of in and out of the lineup when last we saw these blue jackets. That probably slides him down with uh, Nudavara on the third pair. Is Koos going to be ready? What about Kukin? Kukin's is going to be ready, but I don't know what you do. Do you take – I think Mur, I think Jones comes in and Peak goes out. Yeah. I'm not sure if Kukin goes in for Nudovaro, although Nudovaro wasn't having a great year. That's what I'm saying. But 
So Murray to the third pair with either Kukin or Nudavara or yep. Pete? Yes, yes. And then I don't think you touch the second pair of Savard and Gavrikov. Correct. Agree. Okay. That was easy. Um, another easy question for you. <laughs> don't ask oh, me about goaltending. I don't talk about my goaltenders. I don't, I don't talk about my goaltenders. Um, my God, is that going to be interesting? I, I hear, okay. I have an answer for you. If, if, when the season starts, they're going to start with Corpusalo. It's just, it's just what it is. It's the right, it, it's, it's doing the right thing to do. Correct. Huh. And, and he, listen, he hasn't played bad. No, but... no, 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 no. I think that's the thing we have to keep saying here is that, I mean, yeah, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong at all with that. I think they both play. For there's sure. no way you're going to hitch your wagon to only one guy at the start of this thing. I can't imagine that. No, you can't. No. I mean, you might even say they're each going to play in one of the first two games. Yep. And we'll take it from there. But the other thing that is going to be paramount in something like this, where your season could be over in three games, is is to find the hot hand. Sure. And you and ride it. I mean, I think back, and it's certainly not a perfect comparison, but the AHL, uh, the Calder Cup that the that the Monsters won a few years ago. Mm-hmm. People think that that Corpusalo just ran through that whole thing, and he didn't. He, he ran ashore with like. I think somewhere in the third third round. Correct. And Forsberg took over and was fantastic the rest of the way. Correct. So I mean, it, it's uh, it's it's kind of a volatile time, but they've, I, I you know, I think they both play early, and whoever gets hot is going to be the guy. Uh, I think we also have to see what the schedule is going to look like. Is it going to be a game every other day? Right. Is it going to be two two games in three days? Like I think that's obviously with goaltenders, they plays a huge. Uh, part on this um what else do we need to discuss alice and I, I think the biggest thing that the league is challenged by here is is the thing that nobody can lose sight of no matter how excited they are to have hockey back and and that is what is best health-wise for the players and the people mm-hmm. um and and of course the big question is the coronavirus how do you quarantine all of these players and some of these teams are some of these guys are going to be quarantined for two months if their teams go all the way it could be closer to three months if their teams go all the way what happens if a family member gets sick right what happens if your wife or girlfriend is pregnant and is in the process of giving birth during this during this time I mean, the, if the player leaves, the player can't just come right back into the herd. And I, we should probably be prepared for teams uh, to have significant players that either themselves test positive or have something come up in their life where they have to step away and they can't just step right back in again. Right. And um, some players there's, may, there's, may choose not to play. I mean, that's, that is something that's being discussed is that yeah. they can allow players to say – I'm not cool with this. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And boy, would that take some guts because you, you wonder what that would, uh, you know, I'm not saying there should be grief for those players. There should not be, but there will be in some circles. Um, well, that's yeah. some serious, serious guts it would take to, to say that. And I, but I do think there are players that, 
that think this is all ridiculous trying to come back in this setting. You were going to say? Well, yeah, because I think, I mean, you know, people have talked about this in the reports, but if people don't already realize this, as of right now, like there's no more paychecks for the players. <laughs> They've been paid for the season. Correct. So it's not even like you have to come back to get the rest of your paycheck. Um, right. That's how it works every year is that you're paid through the regular season and th that's it. So the paychecks have already been cut. Um, so, you know, and, and I, I find it interesting that I feel like now there are more and more smatterings of players attaching their names to comment that they don't think this is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to assume there are several others that just haven't spoken up or haven't been asked. Right, right. The question. Yeah. Oof. Uh, I, mean, I mean, you look, I think college football, I don't know how, I don't know how they're going to play games with, with like every third seat bowl, every fifth seat bowl. It's going to be bizarre no matter how you do it. Um, what impact, Allison, do you think there is going to be playing in empty rinks? Empty rinks. Like, yeah. I, like we, we've joked about this. If they have the on-ice mics uh, cranked up as they normally do, you are going to hear things at home. Right. Um, you might want to get your kids ready for the earmuffs game. Right. Uh, and I think they should do a, like a Fox Sports Ohio adult and let it go or do a Fox Sports Ohio family and, and turn those mics off on that feed. I'm joking a little bit, but it's just going to be so different and it's going to take some getting used to. And I wonder how that's going to impact the hockey to not have a crowd cheering or booing or responding. Well, and I think, I mean, aside from, from the obvious jokes of what people are going to hear, like that could potentially be a big point of contention to even air it because now you can have someone from, from your team listening to what the opponent is saying on the bench. Yeah. I mean, if there's a strategic thing or if, you know, Torts tells us all the time that he says, I tell this line they're up next or, you know, this guy's going out next. Like, I, again, we're not talking rocket science here, but like just any little edge like that, our team's going to be extra pissed if that's being aired. I don't know. Right. You're going to hear commentary from the bench too. Yep, exactly. About about player performance and such for you. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some coaches are louder than others. Exactly. And they're going to have so, to be louder because they have to be six feet away. <laughs> right. Although with a mask on, they're going to be screaming. Oh, are they going to wear masks behind the bench? I, I don't Here's know that we. I I don't know that we know. I really don't know. I mean, if you're truly quarantined and you're tested all the time, and you're not around anybody other than the people you're with, I wonder seriously about the, the need for a mask. You know what I'm saying? I do. Like most people quarantining at home right now with their families, you don't wear one around the house. Right. So, hmm, wonder how that would work. It's going to be a huge undertaking. The league is, is, has worked um, extensively hard on this. Credit to them. I think they're trying to make the best of the situation. I think they're trying to do it safety first. Uh, we should find out after the fact, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when they'll make the call. I think we need to get a look at, at when they're thinking of coming back before they pick uh, their hub cities. We've heard Las Vegas as one. Um, I heard 
Columbus was in, heard Columbus was out. I hear Columbus might be back in again. Um, but they're going to have 300 plus people at a hotel taking over a hotel. That's a big herd to keep safe uh, during a time of pandemic. So lots of uncertainty out there. Let's get to, to two more questions, Allison. Uh, uh, what's that? Okay. Okay, sorry. Uh, first one comes from Jason Geyser at Jason Geyser. Uh, is referencing the Down Goes Brown uh, story from a few days ago about uh, which team downgraded, the worst downgrade in team history. Uh, he did one that was quite successful a few weeks earlier, the best improvement in franchise history. I think he had torts as the improvement for the Blue Jackets. Correct. Um, this, this week uh, was uh, goaltender Michael Layton post-Mason. Is that correct? Okay. How he cannot even look at the Marion Gabrick for Matt Fratton trade blows my mind. That was my pick immediately. Yeah, and see, I, I also process these through a different light. Like, it wasn't, and to your example, the Blue Jackets weren't replacing Gabrick with Fratton. Right. They're expecting to. They weren't. Was it Leighton and Mason? No, that was with LA. So it was. It might have been. There might no, have no. been a pick. Oh, oh. But I mean, the, the goalie replacement in Columbus, oh. I think, was Michael Leighton after. But they needed a body for Mason. It wasn't them thinking Leighton was Mason's replacement. Um, for me, the, the downgrade was arriving at our kneel after you'd fired Hitch. Mm, that's fair. And I'm not saying Hitchcock, whatever, the, there's no use rehashing whether he should have been fired or not. Um, I don't think he should have. I think it was too early to fire him, to be honest. But to end up with a really inexperienced, incredibly inexperienced staff after you let uh, a pretty experienced staff go, I thought was a real damage to the organization. But so that would be my answer there, Jason. Um, Sailor Leo, Sailor underscore Leo wonders uh, after interest in Marner last year, could Matthew Barzal, this would be of the Islanders, could, could he be of interest this year? Similar player eh, who may have organizational frustrations. Uh, the Blue Jackets have a major leg up on most teams if the cap doesn't go up, including Lou and the New York Islanders. Um, I, you know what, that's, he is a, Matthew Barzal is a great player and an RFA this summer. Uh, I just, you get this a lot with the offer sheet possibility. It's just such an expensive way to do business, Allison. I'm not sure the Blue Jackets want to give up four first rounds over the next five years for their own first round draft picks over the next five years. I think their path to improving their forwards is going to be a trade, most likely of Josh Anderson and a defenseman for a forward. I don't see them playing the RFA game. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think that the, the uh, Marner was, with all respect to Barzal, I think Marner is a, a, a more significant piece to bring in. Um, and, and potentially worth that risk. But I, I don't think in this climate and with now the assets that they can have to trade, that that's going to be one of the top, gosh, even like five or six options that the front office explores. Yeah, right. Should be an interesting offseason. But first, an interesting completion to this season. Indeed. And it looks like that is taking shape. I hope they, hope they can do it. I hope they can do it safely, um, meaningfully. 
it would be a, a great achievement and, and important to a lot of people. So uh, it looks like things are starting to come together. We will uh, leave it at that and talk to you next week. Allison, anything else we need to get to here? I think that's it. We'll, we'll keep you updated as we know things. Yes, we will. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Thanks for being with us. Thank you.